This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. You can't escape it. It's getting cold out. That doesn't mean that you have to stay off the water. In fact, some of my favorite and most treasured fly fishing memories came from trips that I took in the deep, dark winter. Growing up in Virginia, one of the traditions that my buddy Alan and I had was to go fly fishing on January 1st. I think I mentioned before on the podcast, certainly on the website, that this was back in the day before you could buy your fishing license online. And so for us, we would go fish on December 31st with our old license and then wake up early in the morning and go to Walmart and be the first ones to buy our fishing licenses for the current year. And then we would fish all day. And it was a spring creek. And Aside from maybe a few intermittent midge hatches or a few uh, blooming olives coming off, it really didn't matter when you were getting on the water. So we could sleep in and we could keep warm because it was incredibly cold outside. But then we would make our way out, go get breakfast, buy our fishing licenses, and get bundled up and fish all day and maybe for a few days. But especially for fisheries where you have year-round fishing opportunities, whether it be spring creeks or tailwaters or even freestone streams that you're able to fish, again, because the regulations allow it and because the fishery is open, fishing in the winter can be incredibly productive. As long as you're treating the fish right, as long as you're staying safe, then you can have a really good time in the winter. And you're probably going to have access to water that you wouldn't normally have access to. And in fact, you might see fish that you wouldn't otherwise see. They might be concentrated in certain places. They might move around a little bit differently. And so you're going to have a good time as long as you're out there. And of course, the lowest common denominator, aside from there being fish or no fish, is if you can be out there and be comfortable. So I am certainly not a cold weather fly fishing expert. I've done it quite a bit. I've had a lot of success. I would actually say that I have caught more big fish in the wintertime, both on spring creeks and tailwaters than I have in the other seasons. 
but I just enjoy getting out there, having a little bit more solitude, and just the ambience of being out there uh, in in the cold weather, especially when there's snow on the ground. I just I really like fly fishing when there's snow on the ground for whatever reason. But because of that, for all the things I have learned about fishing in the winter, I feel like I've learned more things about how to dress for fly fishing in the winter. And so, again, if you live somewhere where it doesn't get cold, then, well, that's actually nobody lives anywhere where it doesn't get cold, especially if you're trout fishing. Because even if you live in like the mid-Atlantic or you live in like the, the lower Midwest, it still gets cold. It's just, it's a relative cold, right? I mean, it's going from warmer temperatures to cooler temperatures. So there are principles and what I'm going to talk about today that will surely be applicable. And if you live in a tropical climate and then you come up here, whether it be New England or uh, somewhere else, you're going to want to know how to survive and uh, how to stay warm, even if it's only in like the 60s or something like that, which I know is much, much colder um, to you than it is to us. So here's how I want to do it. I want to cover a few basic areas, talk about some experiences I've had, what I've learned, and again, hopefully the principles are what you take away that you can apply to your own dressing for fishing. So let's start with what's most important, which is your underwear. And when I say that, I don't just mean underwear underwear I mean the base layer I am a big believer in breathable I know some people love cotton some people love uh, wool I like polypropylene I like uh, the stuff that is super breathable and is very stretchy not so tight in fact I'm, I'm not a fan at all of the incredibly tight base layers whether I'm running or whether I'm fishing or doing anything for some reason especially when it's on the top but not so much when it's pants I can handle tights but for a top base layer especially if it's around my upper arms or around my neck I feel like there are certain parts of the body that when it is really really tight compression gear that it can get uncomfortable especially if you're not moving a whole lot and even though I move a lot and I'll talk about that in a moment when I fish even in the winter time you still are still more than you are moving but all that to say if you can keep compression gear on your core so like a sleeveless shirt and your pants your legs all the way from waist to your ankles and it's a breathable fabric then what you're going to do is it's going to keep you warmer and it's also going to move that sweat away from you because even if it is incredibly cold out all those layers that you have as you begin to move and as be you begin to sweat then you're going to get hot and you're going to want to get that moisture away from your body as quickly as possible because when you stop moving all that cold air and any of that wind is going to come in and you're going to go from being overheating when you're moving to being freezing cold when you've stopped and so i like a nice breathable layer and i like it to be a synthetic material all of, all of my cold weather clothes, I like a nice zipper. I also have some that aren't compression, but that are base layer that have the mock turtleneck kind of deal and then a zipper, but the zipper goes down pretty far. I mean, maybe an eight inch zipper. I like having that option because that's the quickest way to cool yourself down. If you're gonna buy base layer and then moving on out, well, as we'll talk about, Having zippers is great for regulating your temperature because it's awful, as I mentioned earlier, to get overheated and then to try to regulate yourself if you can't pull clothes off. You can actually really get uncomfortable really fast. So I like having something I can unzip and having a kind of a deep V zip is a, a really good way to, to cool off. So most of the performance apparel, even stuff that's not fancy, stuff that you buy at like Walmart or Target, 
is going to have a really low zipper, and I think that it's for the reason of regulating your temperature uh, if, if you get hot, even when it's cold out. All right, so underwear, base layer, that's the first step. The second is socks. I kind of take the same approach. Tighter socks and more socks is not the answer. I've had more bad experiences by trying to layer socks, thinking if I just add more and more and more, I'm going to stay warmer. That's not the case, especially if you're in wading boots. I think having one pair of liner socks, which are super thin, which again, what they'll do is they will create a little bit of an air barrier if they're a breathable material, and they're going to wick that moisture away from your feet. And then having a one larger, softer pair of socks is the way to go. I don't like layering lots in socks. I like having a very, very thin liner sock and then a very puffy wader sock. And whatever you do, and this is more of a conversation that is is moving forward, but you have your socks, you have your wading booties that are on your waders, and then you have your wading boots. You need there to be air. So if you have to have a smaller, thinner, lighter weight sock to make it so that your foot isn't jammed into your wading boot, then that is going to actually be better than a thicker sock where your foot is going to be cramped and compressed because what's going to keep your foot warm? It's the warm air that your body creates. And especially in a neoprene wading booty, whether you have breathable waders that have just a neoprene booty or full neoprene waders, you need that airflow in there because otherwise you're going to have cold feet in cold water with very little circulation going down there and you're going to get cold feet. And when your feet are cold, it's not fun to stand and all sorts of problems happen. So your socks should be warm and big and fluffy, but not so much that you're like a sausage in your wading booties. And then you're having to cram your foot into your wading boots. Next thing is pants. I like a nice heavy duty pair of pants. I have a few pairs of wading pants. I have a windproof fleece pant and then I have another pair of like fancy wading pants that I will wear in the winter time. Very heavy. Lots and lots of insulation and what that does is allow me to wear my breathable waders. It might sound counterintuitive but if you are fishing where you're moving, whether that be you're fishing a trout stream with a little bit of gradient on it and so you're having to hike, or you're fishing a steelhead river and you're having to move to get past all the other anglers, all of that moving is going to create a ton of heat. And I find that I am warmer if I am in breathable waders with a lot of layers, especially in the pants, so waist down. I think you know how pants work. Waist down, a lot of layers, and then breathable waders rather than in neoprene waders. Because what happens, as I've alluded to many times, I think this is the thing that people miss. They try to just dress as much as they can. So, all right, as much clothes as I can, five millimeter neoprenes, and I'm going to be bundled up like the uh, Michelin man. The problem is, is that as you move, you are going to generate so much heat, especially if you get dressed somewhere warm. So you're staying in a cabin or you're getting get dressed in your car. You're warm. Your clothes are warm. Even if you go out in sub-freezing temperatures and you start walking, you're going to be sweating in no time. And where is all that moisture going to go in a pair of neoprene waders? Nowhere. It's going to stay in your clothes or it's going to stay on your skin. And then as soon as you stop, if you're in that cold water and there's wind, you're even if you're in your neoprene waders, you're going to get cold. Now, 
the exception to that is if you aren't walking far. That's where those three millimeter or five millimeter near preanuators are going to shine. But I find that I am moving more than I am not moving, and so I like to have breathable waders. So it's very important to have that breathable base layer, a thick, heavy pair of breathable pants. Now I will sometimes add a middle layer, and that is where I like to use fleece, just plain midweight fleece underwear. So base layer, midweight, and then that's when you have your pair of pants. On the top, kind of the same thing. Base layer, it can be the, either compression stuff or the polypropylene. And again, I like either just a sleeveless shirt or if it's a little bit looser, it can be you know a full-size shirt. And then a midweight layer of fleece and then another fleece on top. And then you top that all off with a jacket. Depending on if you're planning on getting rain or not that's going to dictate what kind of jacket you use but i prefer a waterproof jacket all the time as long as it's breathable because often you have built into that windproof features so i have a few fleeces that are windproof but i'm not seeing as many of those made anymore um, there's more of the soft shell style which are generally windproof but a wading jacket is always windproof. Um, if they are heavy duty, breathable fabric, they're going to cut down on the wind. And so that's kind of what the, the outfit looks like. You want those layers that are all breathable, they're gonna push that moisture away from you and that are going to keep the wind off of you because nothing is going to sap and suck the heat out of your body than a cold wind. There's no way to eliminate it completely because it's air for goodness sakes, but you can certainly cut down on it. In summary, so far, you're talking about breathable layers closest to the skin, another warmer fleece breathable layer a step out, and then your warmest outer layers, which hopefully are also breathable before you put on your waders and your wading jacket. Now, a few notes on the jacket again. I like jackets that have the cuffs that you can cinch down, neoprene cuffs that have like a Velcro or some other sort of system to make it really tight. So if you do have to submerse your hand, whether it be to unhook a fish or to pull a fly out of a log, you're not getting wetter than you need to be. I also like a jacket that's going to be able to zip up not just under your chin, but over your chin so that you can have that little shelter. And I like a jacket that has a hood. Now, this is where I want to transition to a hat. Hats are important. We all know that stat about losing heat from your head. I'm not sure how true that is. I feel like a hat is kind of a, a lower priority for me, but I'm always going to wear one, whether it be a baseball cap or a stocking cap or something like that. But personally, I don't like having my ears covered. I don't mind if the top is my, of my ears are covered, but I want to be able to hear. And for me, fly fishing is a very sensory experience in that I'm always using my eyes, but I am listening to things also, and fish moving, what's going on around me, and I so I feel like there's something that I'm missing out on if my ears are covered. Now, if it is freezing cold or if it's raining, I'm obviously going to have my ears covered, and I'm probably going to have a hood over my head, so I'm going to have two layers in between my ears and what's going on around me. But I almost feel like I'm fishing at a disadvantage. Same thing is true with hunting. I just can't stand having my ears covered when I'm outdoors. I'm trying to pay attention. I feel like my, my other senses aren't made more acute. I feel like it's dulled when I can't hear. So personally, I prefer to have my head covered. 
and the tops of my ears covered and then maybe a higher collar and maybe a jacket I can zip up over my chin, but I don't want to have my ears covered. Similarly, it will take a lot for me to have some sort of scarf or buff or something like that, neck gaiter, where it's over my mouth because what happens when you have a pair of sunglasses that have a lot of coverage, you pull that thing up under your nose and every time you exhale, your glasses fog up. I take my fishing ability and my ability to see and hear and perceive what's going around me clearly. I take that as a higher priority than perfect comfort. Like I said, if the weather conditions are bad, if I'm getting sleeted on, I am going to cover up as much as I need to. And at that point, you just kind of lose your, your, your sense of what's around you and you're just fishing, right? But keeping yourself covered as much as you can, striking that balance of being covered and being comfortable is a very important one to make. And you might have a higher priority. I've fished in my big fluffy rabbit hat before when it's really, really nasty. And I wasn't miserable. I just couldn't hear like I'd like. But my head sure was warm and I looked pretty good doing it too. All right, next thing is gloves. I cannot stand fishing in gloves where I lose touch with what's going on. So I have bought a very expensive pair of mittens where I can cover up my whole hand if I'm just making casts, not having to mess with my line, just following my drift, doing that sort of thing. But if more motor skills are needed, I can just pop that mitten part off and I have essentially fingerless gloves that go all the way down to my hand where I can tie knots, I can use my forceps, I can mess with my drag, I can do things like that. I have tried all the other options, the fingerless, the gloves that are thinner, the gloves where you can pop the first up to the first knuckle of like your first two fingers and your thumbs off. All of those I found very inconvenient to me personally, especially the ones where the fingertips pop out. You think, oh, that's great. You'll be able to tie knots, get flies, things like that. But those little fingers that pop back so you can slide your fingers out and have access, I feel like they get in the way of everything. The mittens that I found, they're fleece and they're bulky and they're warm. They're not super tight. That's another thing. Almost like going back to the very beginning, talking about the compression gear. If your hands are in tight gloves, you might think, oh, this is awesome. These fit great. I'll be able to feel my fly line. You're going to lose sensation. Your circulation is going to be compromised. And then your hands are going to get cold. And having cold hands, like having cold feet, those are two things that will take you out of the game. Even the rest of your body is totally fine. Those two things are going to make you so uncomfortable because you're going to feel it with every step and you're going to feel it with every motion you do and you're going to stop fishing right because your hands are so cold. So I prefer a warm fleece pair of gloves where I can flip the entire mitten front back and I can use it with it on there if I'm fishing and I can flip the whole thing back when I need to do something, with, again, requiring some more fine motor skills. The last thing I'd mention is hot hands. Now, another fun story. The first time I went steelhead fishing, I didn't own a pair of breathable waders. I had neoprene waders, and I thought, you know what? It is supposed to be cold. So I wore all my warmest clothes. How many layers can I cram into my neoprenes? I had a coat on over top. I had my wading boots, the whole nine yards. I had some hot hands. I had them in my pockets and my jacket so I could warm up my hands if I needed to. And I thought, this is the way to do it. I'm going to drop a hot hand packet down each leg so that it rests on my foot and then my feet will stay warm 
Well, they got warm all right. They got so warm because as I walked to the stream, the air in my waders heated up. My feet were hot. My feet were sweating. And I thought, this is going to be great because I'm going to be super, super warm because right now I'm really hot. So I stepped in the water to fish, and all of a sudden, the heat stopped. Well, why is that? The water pressed in, and that pressure of the water on my waders cut off the oxygen, not completely, obviously, but enough that those hot hands stopped working because they require oxygen to work, at least the brand that I was using. I think that's the most normal kind of uh, device. And so my feet went from being super hot to being wet and cold. Needless to say, it wasn't half an hour before I was undressing on the bank, pulling those things out of there and just throwing them in my pockets for my hands. So definitely use them. Just know they're not going to save your life. They're probably going to be best, again, for your hands to warm up and then keeping them at your core to help you maintain some core temperature. All of these things are just guidelines. I don't fish with a lot of wool. I don't fish with uh, a lot of natural fibers, not because I'm opposed to them. I just have really enjoyed using synthetics my whole life, and they've worked for me both as base layers and as outer layers, but I know guys that swear by flannels and other wools and things like that. Um, cotton, not a huge fan of cotton. I feel like cotton gets wet and stays wet. I know there's some cotton blends that work, but a lot of it is just what do you comfortable in and what do you have really and how do you use what you have you know that you can't push yourself so that you're really building up a sweat because what you have is going to stay wet you might have to take it a little bit easier and that's fine do what you can do with what you have but anticipating christmas coming anticipating maybe making a few purchases look what's out there you don't have to spend an arm and a leg it used to be that the really nice polypropylene base layers and mid-weight underwear, you know, head to toe kind of stuff would be maybe 40 to $50 in a piece. So you're looking at almost $100 for a full suit. These days you can get a much cheaper and the stuff you can get at your target or online is going to work pretty well. It might not be as good as the name brand stuff, but it might be the exact same stuff as the name brand stuff. So check out the reviews try it out and if it stinks for fly fishing you can use it for doing yard work or going to a football game or something like that so stay safe stay warm enjoy it like i said i think fly fishing in the winter is a great way to experience it in a totally different way and if you like solitude it takes it to a whole new level this week on castingacross.com two articles the first one is called fly fishing sideways it's about me falling down in the mud and learning an important lesson. The second one is called What You Can Get Out of Fly Tying. I talk a little about fly tying events and why you should go to one if you're not currently going to a fly tying event, even if you're no good at fly tying. Today's recommendation is a pair of pants that is very, very expensive. The Sims cold weather pants are $100, but if you like fly fishing, or camping or being outside and you want warm legs these are an excellent pair of pants now why would you spend that much first of all they are warm secondly they are water resistant thirdly they have pockets in all the right places there's a lot of features for a pair of pants but one of the things that I like and this might seem petty and small and not worth it but they look like a pair of pants 
They don't look like you're wearing your pajamas or your sweats when you go out. So if you're fishing and you want to go to a restaurant afterwards, you don't have to get changed or look like a total schlub when you walk in there. So the Sims cold weather pants, incredibly warm, stylish. I know that's not the most important thing, but again, if you're going to have a nice pair of pants and they look like $75 sweatpants or $100 pants pants, I think it might be worth it. So if you want to spoil yourself or someone who fly fishes, definitely check out the Sims cold weather pants. I'll put a link in the show notes to this podcast on castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.